It's a Farm Friday. Let's talk Kansas City Royals. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And thank you for sending in your questions, your comments, for being excited about some of these things that we do. Farm Friday is something that you guys love. Uh, I'm really excited to bring it to you. Uh, Mailbag Mondays are also a thing I've gotten a lot of great feedback on. If you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm, or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Can't wait to get to your questions on Monday. But first, we are talking about the Kansas City Royals and this entire farm system. Uh, and the conversation starts in A ball, and specifically the Columbia Fireflies in Columbia, South Carolina. And they probably have a bigger role in your life than you realize. Uh, so, trust me on this. So, if you have been anywhere around baseball in the last couple months, you've seen the stuff about the Savannah Bananas. Uh, it's a it's a unaffiliated team that during the the summer wood bat college league thing that they run during the off season of that. They do what's called banana ball, which is a shortened two-hour version of baseball with all kinds of crazy rules about no bunting. And uh, if a fan catches the fly, uh, fly ball, the runner's out and stealing first and all of this stuff. The way the Columbia Fireflies impacted you is the Columbia Fireflies are the reason you now have the Savannah Bananas. So the Columbus Fireflies used to be the Savannah Sand Nats. They were a minor league affiliate. They were trying to get a new ballpark, and they couldn't get a new ballpark. So they relocated the team from Savannah to Columbia, South Carolina, just across the river. And so the park in Savannah that they were playing in back when they were the Sand Nats started a team in there called the Savannah Bananas. So the Columbia Fireflies have had a bigger impact on your life than you realize. But... No, 48 and 71 last year in single A and really unlucky season. The Pythagorean win loss record was like 59 and 60. That was the expectation. So definitely had some struggles last year, but a couple guys really interesting that I that I want to make sure that we we touch on and we talk about in this system. So Eric Pena, the 17th overall prospect uh in the Royal System outfielder, is an international free agent out of the Dominican in 2019. Finally debuted last year stateside. The, the Arizona Complex League struggled. Batted 161 in 40 games with 57 strikeouts. Not off to a much better start this year. Uh, he's batting 75 at-bats right now. Batting 147, 207, 240. Two home runs, one strikeout. And it's something where I think ultimately he's going to be fine. The skills are still there. He still profiles to be a corner outfielder. Uh, he's got... Good, good instincts. He's got an average arm, so he could play either corner. But really hard worker and pretty good at picking up the game of baseball. I think part of the reason offensively you've seen him struggle is the Royals have been really working on his mechanics at the plate. And specifically, they're working on his hands. 
Uh, he tends to stack his hands on top of one another. And so they've been trying to get him to separate his hands a bit so that it's a, it's a more natural swinging position. So uh, we've seen him put on some weight since he got signed. I think he got signed at 6'1", 160. He's now 6'3", 180. And most of that 20 pounds is muscle. And so uh, they're getting the hitch out of the swing. They're getting his hands, you know, a better hand set. Uh, getting getting more muscular. I think he still has the the ability to have above average power and be at least an average hitter. So it's why he's in the top 30. But interesting guy to watch this year. Another guy I want to watch there in Columbia is catcher Carter Jensen. Uh, so 2021 third rounder, actually a local kid, a uh, high school there in Kansas City. One of those rare like lefty catchers that has power. I think that's why he went as a high schooler. Um, the right now it's plus raw power. He hits the ball to all fields, not necessarily putting it, uh, putting it out of the park to all fields, but the raw power is there. He can grow into it. And specifically he's having to work to adjust to professional pitching, um, especially left-handed pitching, especially breaking it off speed pitches from left-handed pitchers. So a lot of work to do as far as refining that offensive approach and getting better at recognizing spin out of the hand of a lefty. And then defensively, a lot of the typical work we talk about with a prep catcher uh, needs to work a lot on his defense, uh, the managing a pitching staff, game calling, like a lot of work to do, a lot of reps. But interesting guy there in single lay to watch on. And then um, one of the guys throwing to him, right-hand pitcher Ben Hernandez. So 2020 second rounder out of uh, high school in Chicago. And only got nine starts last year. Had some arm fatigue. Um, came back and got three starts in the complex league. And then he went to their instructional uh, stuff in the fall. But probably one of the best change-ups out of the high school pitching class in that draft. Uh, plus pitch. Has good fade to it. He does really good... Um, disguising that with a fastball sits mid-90s, 95 or so. Uh, it's got arm side run and sink. Uh, so he gets a lot of ground balls. Really kind of right now, just those two pitches. He has a curveball. Uh, the Royals are working to get him to throw it more often, uh, throw it earlier in the count, throw it lower in the zone. So it's something he's working on. It's slowly getting better, but he's still kind of right now, uh, uh, still kind of just those those two pitches. Now the good thing is, again, Fastball change, good deception there. Delivery is very easy, very repeatable. So he's somebody, if you had to um, put him in the bullpen, I think you could do it. But the curveball getting better tells me that he at least needs the chance to develop in the rotation first. Uh, let him try to be an offensive force for you. I'm sorry, a, a, a pitcher for you there before you move him to the bullpen this early in his career. Uh, and then the high A team, it, Davenport, Iowa, it's the Quad City River Bandits. Uh, they were 77-41, won the league last year. Don't necessarily know if they're going to do that again this year unless they have some guys who are there take a bunch of leaps or get some of these guys from single A promoted sooner rather than later. Just not a ton of, of ranked top 30 talent on that team. Uh, two of the guys that I, that, that I think about, as uh, one of them, you've got Noah Murdoch, the right uh, the right hand pitcher. He's a 2019 seventh rounder out of Virginia, University of Virginia. Big boy, six eight, had um, 
had Tommy John his sophomore year. They only he only got to throw seven games last year, and so it's one of those things where he he lost spring training because of soreness and things like that. Then he got a hammy and extended spring training. Um, finally got into the rotation late in the year, but only like I said, only threw seven games, twenty two innings, three eighteen ERA. But it's something where he's got a fastball sits ninety five or so, decent movement on it, and then a curveball really high spin to it. And being 6'8", he's got those incredibly long levers. So if you remember back to geometry and the teachers are talking about the different, like the simple machines, um, because of how big his wingspan is and how tall he is, the fastball and the curveball play up a bit off of their speed and off of their release point because he releases the ball so close to the plate because he's six foot eight. He's reaching out and he's throwing it at you from way out in front of the plate. Uh, I mean, he's got an average changeup, but really it's those, it's the fastball and the curveball. He does a good job not only disguising those with each other, but just being able to pick up where the ball is coming out of his arms because there's so much movement behind him. I mean, it's I'm not saying he's a wacky wave and inflatable tube man, but like there's a lot of movement when you watch him throw. And so it's really easy for these balls to kind of get lost behind that. So, um, you know, very uncomfortable is, is I think, what I saw in one of the scouting reports. When you're a hitter facing him, it's an uncomfortable at-bat. Uh, the movement's unique. The whole, op- the whole pitching motion is deceptive. Uh, and so it's not easy for a hitter to, to adjust. And that's probably good because that same thing that gives him all that deception, those incredibly long levers, also give him below average control. It's just hard when you have incredibly long arms um, to, to, to have the proception of understanding where all the parts of your body are at all times. And anybody who had a growth spurt when they were playing youth sports can tell you right after it happens, you really, you lose some coordination and it's just hard to kind of figure out what you're doing. I mean, I'm, I'm somebody that I, I went from like five, seven to six foot tall in sixth grade. And I struggled in baseball that year because I was trying to figure out how to swing with all this extra length and everything. So uh, something there, uh, probably going to end up moving to the bullpen simply because of fastball, curveball dominant. Uh, The changeup isn't, there's not enough of that. So probably end up moving him to the pen, but just really interesting. And then somebody who's not, Rated in the top 30, but somebody here that I find really interesting, I wanted to talk about at high A, is Peyton Wilson. So 2021 um, competitive balance round B out of the University of Alabama. And anybody who's an Alabama fan, not me, anybody who's an Alabama fan will, will recognize the last name Wilson. There's been a line of the Wilson boys who have come through Alabama. John Parker Wilson, probably the most famous starting quarterback for the football team. I think he may have won a national championship or played in one at least. Uh, was a backup in the NFL for a while. But Peyton Wilson, really great hitter. Uh, good good hitter from both sides, above average arm. Um, offensively, he's got some holes in his game. He's got to work on off-speed and breaking stuff down in the zone. But the thing about him that's really unique is between college and now his time at high A, he's played short, he's played third, he's played second, he's played center, he's been a catcher. And so Peyton Wilson's a guy with his... His speed is good enough. He's got really good baseball instincts. Like I said, he's a good athlete. I see him as being a guy 
that is your super utility. He, he could be that guy who could come in and play in six games in a week and play in a different spot in all six. Uh, he can play anywhere in the outfield. He can play just about anywhere in the infield. Like I said, he's caught before. So somebody who isn't on your prospect list as far as a guy who is going to be a future star, but someone who I think is going to be incredibly useful for a while. And in just a minute, I want to get into this double-A team and just the embarrassment of riches they, that the Royals have in double-A. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and your sports info. You can get the latest odds, new sports developments, uh, basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, UFC fights, uh, even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting, playoff, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because Bet Online is where the game starts. Okay, so double uh, A, the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. I really want to find out the backstory behind this name, but they're in Springdale, uh, Spr- Springdale Arkansas, 64 and 55 last year. So they were league champions as well. Two, two different. Um, two different affiliates won their league championships and it was high A and double A. And part of it's because of all of the talent that they had to share there. But uh, the, the, the best prospect here, I'm going to talk about a couple of them, but the best prospect here is number four pitcher lefty Asa Lacey. So 2020 first round guy out of Texas A&M. And he, he, he didn't debut for a year because he was drafted in 2020, obviously. Uh, so you lost a season there and everything. But $6.6 million bonus. Went to the alternate site to get some work in. Debuted at high A. Uh, really kind of struggled there. Uh, ERA over five. Walked more than seven batters per nine. Kind of an underwhelming season. Um, but the stuff is really good. And so I think like that's kind of the saving grace here. And a lot of these prospects, especially the high ones, uh, struggled in the past and then took dramatic leaps in their development while they were in the Kansas City farm system. So Lacey's a guy who I expect to do that too. And the fastball is like 97 to 98. It's got a really good downward angle to it. He's got three different off-speed pitches. Uh, I think they're all plus pitches. He can get folks to swing and miss with all three of them. So he's got a slider. It sits in the high 80s. Um, it really is a wipeout pitch. He, he throws it to righties and lefties, has a lot of characteristics of a cutter as far as the way that it moves and everything. Um, he's got a, a curveball that's got good bite to it. It flashes plus, probably the most inconsistent of the three, but still flashes plus. He's got a changeup that when he can command it, it's absolutely a plus pitch. Uh, it's It has a lot of late life to it, so it's one of those where Guys will try to square up on it, and they'll roll over it, you know, slow roller to short or something. But uh, the thing with this, though, is he has these four pitches. They're all really electric, but um, he, his control was below average. And I think a lot of that's mechanical. He, uh, the kinetic chain isn't all connected, I guess. And so his feet and his head aren't in the same places when he's throwing. And I don't mean mentally. I mean physically. His feet, his head is not over his feet. He's out to one side or the other. He doesn't have, um, they're not synchronized while he moves. And so it kind of throws off his mechanics a bit. He needs to be a little more smooth as far as entire body coming to the plate at the same time. 
and kind of synchronize. And that's something that's going to come with time and kind of working out some of the mechanics. I don't necessarily think it's at the point where you need to worry yet. Um, I mean, he doesn't, like, the pitches are so good where you don't necessarily worry that he can't always throw him for a strike. Uh, you kind of project a little bit of that there. But his his risk is probably a little bit higher than, a, than a, some other top five prospect in the system because of that issue. That is a, I mean, that is a, I just said it's not a big deal, but it is kind of a, I'm not gonna say a major mechanical issue, but it's a significant mechanical issue that he's going to have to address. And I haven't gotten to watch a whole lot of him pitch this year, so I can't talk to whether or not he's fixed it already. Uh, He has thrown 10 innings, five walks, 13 strikeouts, so little better numbers than what he had last year, but not enough of a sample size for me to really be able to say, yeah, no, I think he's fixed it. I think he's good. So went to the Arizona Fall League last year. They felt good about the progress he was making. Um, again, really la- you know, really electric stuff. High strikeout rates, high walk rates, but something where you want to see him in A for a while this year, you want to see him fix it. Uh, some more of the guys that are around him, there's a, there's a shortstop that I specifically want to talk about, and then there's a bunch of pitchers, but shortstop Nick Lofton. So 2020, Supplemental round uh, pick in the first round out of Baylor, and it was something where he debuted at High A last year, helped them win that championship. Actually, was one of three players that tied for the league lead in batting average. Um, and the thing about him is he's he's just a really good baseball player. Like everything that I'm, all the scouting reports that I'm reading talk about his leadership, his work ethic, his his instincts his baseball IQ, and so he's a guy, and I, the, the comparison that I make is uh, like shortstop Ryan Bliss, Diamondbacks prospect. Another one of these guys where in a vacuum, his tools aren't extremely loud, right? But because of his instincts and his baseball intelligence and his work ethic and everything, it plays up, and his, he's greater than the sum of his parts because of that. So offensively, Kind of a gap-to-gap contact hitter. Uh, I think as he gets, as he can finishes up his physical maturation, as he gets healthy, he had a wrist, he had a wrist injury last year. I think something you're going to see a little bit more of that power. It's 100 at bats in right now. He's got three home runs, so he projects out to 18 or so home runs over a full 600 at bat season. But he's batting 298, 361, 452 right now. Six stolen bases. Um, so. Same thing. His his speed is average, but he's his instincts. He's very good at knowing when to when to take that jump and getting a good jump and getting the base stolen. So another thing that he plays up on, and then defensively, solid at short. Um, his 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 arm action's fast enough. His arm is strong enough. His hands are soft enough. He has the range to play short. He's also played third. He's also played second. If if you ended up needing to move him into one of those utility roles, I'm confident that he could do it. Uh, and it's one of those baseball IQ intelligence things. Another guy who doesn't necessarily scream future MLB for a long time, but when you watch him play, you're like, yeah, this dude's going to have a career. This dude's going to, he's going to be in the big leagues for 10 years. There's a couple guys like that in the system. Peyton Wilson's a guy like that that I think, oh yeah, this dude's going to be around for a while. He may not be really highly ranked. He's going to be around for a while. Um, Nick Lofton's going to be around for a while. You keep going to doing this. Uh, number nine overall prospect in the system, right-hand pitcher Jonathan Bolin. 
2018 guy out of Memphis in the second round uh, had had Tommy John. So he's I think he's technically assigned to this double A team, but going to rehab. You'll see him next year. Uh, really kind of excited about. He added a curveball. I was hearing great things about the curveball that he added into the with the slider and the fastball. Not going to see a lot of him this year. So kind of kind of move on from there. Um, right-hand pitcher Alex Marsh, 2019 second rounder, supplemental round out of um, Arizona State. Another guy, really electric arm, electric what he can do. Um, only had six regular season starts last year before he got shut down. He had uh, arm fatigue, he had uh, some sort of bicep injury, Made got one start in the fall league. He can run it up close to 100. He's got three different kind of breaking off speed pitches that look like they could be plus. Uh, really good arm speed, really clean delivery. If he, if you needed him to, if the Royals were contending and they lost somebody at the big league level, I'm fully convinced he could come up and throw in the bullpen right now. Um, kind of like back of the bullpen, power arm, high leverage reliever kind of guy. Uh, they're they're going to let him continue to develop as a starter, and I think that's the right thing to do. Obviously, check that out, figure out what happens before you move him to the bullpen, but. Uh, he's developed enough as a pitcher with um, with the slider and, you know, that has a cutter action and the curveball and the change and the way that he throws everything that he could compete right now at the big league level as a reliever. Um, Will Klein, number 18 prospect in the system, another right-hand pitcher. This guy actually was a catcher. Uh, he, was, he, was, he was converted from catcher to pitcher, pitched at Eastern Illinois. Um, moved into the rotation. He's been a, pretty much solely a reliever since he was drafted. Uh, strikes out like 40% of the batters that he faces. It's kind of nuts. Fastball touches 100. Uh, he can, he'll throw multiple innings and still keep the speed. He's got, um, he, he had a slider that he got rid of in favor of the curveball. So he's really kind of a fastball curveball guy. He's got to work on his command a little better. He walked um, like five and a half batters per nine innings. But, got whiffs like 45% of the time and held batters to a 173 average. So like there's good and there's bad, but another guy where can be a high leverage reliever out of the bullpen once he can learn to throw more strikes. So another talented guy. And then um, another guy that's not highly regarded, but one of those you look at him and you say, yeah, this dude's going to have a big league career for a year is number 20 prospect, left-hand pitcher, um, Angel Zerpa. 2016 IFA out of Venezuela. And he's one of those guys, think of him like a Jesse Chavez. The veteran, he was on Atlanta's World Series team last year. They used him to open a game. And then a day later, they asked him to come out of the pen and throw three innings because somebody gets knocked out early, three or four innings. And then three days later, he comes in into a a low leverage situation and I'm sorry, to a high leverage situation and strikes out a dude and gets a ground ball to double play to end the inning. Uh, just one of those, like, can do whatever you need. Zerpet feels like he's going to be either a back end of the rotation, kind of high floor. He's out there to eat innings. He's going to give you six innings, seven innings in every start. Or he's going to be that long man out of the pen guy who you use like Atlanta used Jesse Chavez last year. But... Great pitch ability. None of the weapons are particularly amazing. Uh, the fastball got up to 95 last year, kind of a kind of a newer thing. He had a he has a, both a four seamer and a two seamer. 
He's got a, a slider that kind of feels like a slurve. He's got a, a changeup. And between the two seamer, the changeup gets a lot of ground balls, which is obviously what you want to see. You want to see him, uh, you know, and that's, that's kind of how he pitches so deep in the games. And it's something where he's going to have a career in the major leagues. I don't think he's ever going to be like a Cy Young guy. He's never going to be the ace of your rotation, but he's going to be a valuable piece on your team. And if you look back now in 10 years and you're like, how many of these guys, like who is having the longest careers? You're looking at maybe some of these guys at the very top and you're looking at Zerba. Uh, going have, gonna to have a great career. And in just a minute, I, I want to get into the AAA Omaha Storm Chasers as well as some of the guys who have already been promoted. But first, today's episode is brought to you um, by our friends at Built Bar. And if you can imagine dipping your fingers into a plastic tub of birthday cake frosting, and then you eat it, and then you realize that was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That's what it's like to eat one of the birthday cake puffs from Built Bar. I just got my birthday cake puffs. Never had anything like this before. It is wild. Uh, they're available right now. Can't promise they'll keep them in stock. My kids absolutely love them, which, you know, kids and protein bars, and like, but no, they're great. Um, it's like I've said before, chocolate covered marshmallow um, protein infused bar. So marshmallow covered 100% real chocolate. Uh, they've taken the, the experience of biting into a birthday cake and have embedded it into chocolate and added sprinkles and kept it at 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. It's a limited time flavor. Uh, you've really got to check it out. All of the puffs are fantastic. They're all covered in 1% real chocolate and things like that. But you really have to go try this um, this birthday cake puffs before it's too late. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. So when we talk about this AAA, uh, the Omaha Storm Chasers in Omaha, Nebraska, 73 and 56, a little bit lucky last year. Uh, the Pythagorean was like 67, 62. So, you know, but the interesting thing here is two first basemen. Uh, number three overall prospect, Nick Prado, and number 10 overall prospect, Vinny Pascantino. And uh, Prado's one of those guys, like I mentioned earlier, terrible 2019. Really worked, retooled a bunch of stuff, came back and had a great 2021. Hit 36 home runs, uh, finished the season with a 988 OPS. I think he was like second in all of the major leagues in home runs or something. And so definitely a thing where offensively he's improved his game a lot with pitch recognition, catching up to Velo, does well, um, does well hitting lefties. And then he's got kind of like a sneaky good athleticism. His speed is only average, but he somehow gets like double-digit stolen bases. Really good instincts, really good things like that. Um, I've seen conflicting reports about how good his defense is. I've seen some people say plus. I've seen some say plus plus, like projected him to win a gold glove. But either way, something where he's going to be a very good first baseman. Uh, The Royals have needed a first baseman ever since Eric Hosmer left. Uh, I don't necessarily think that Prado is ready to get called up today. And you can see that because uh, Carlos Santana got put on the 10-day IL and they did not call um, Prado up. They called, they called Emmanuel, Emmanuel Rivera, corner infielder, back up to kind of work back and forth, cover some of that. And I think he's the first option off the bench for that right now. But uh, Nick Prado going to be a big league, major league first baseman sooner rather than later. I would say... 
based on the season Santana's having, probably sooner rather than later. But anytime he gets in AAA, it's just going to make him a better player. Kind of help some of these changes that he made to his swing and to his offensive approach make these stick. And then the other first baseman, um, Vinny Pascantino. So 103 at-bats last year. Kind of, uh, kind of broke out. I'm sorry, that's true. Uh, last year, hit 300, 394, 563, 24 home runs, 84 RBIs. Had as many walks as strikeouts. Um, and so very like professional hitter, professional at bats. Uh, he's, he's not giving away pitches up there. Really good strikeout to walk ratio for a power hitter. Um, he didn't, when he retooled stuff over the pandemic, he didn't do make a lot of changes to his actual swing. He worked on, uh, picking up pitches, pitch recognition, things like that. Uh, defensively, he's worked hard on getting it better. I'd say he's probably about average right now. Um, I mean, he can. He's athletic enough to play first. Uh, he's always going to be a below average runner, but uh, baseball instincts are good enough. He can, you know, he he's not gonna he's not gonna uh, toot blow on you. He can make the right reads and advance the bases when he needs to advance the bases. I think he's going to be either a power hitting first baseman or a DH. Obviously, you've got Prado, you've got Pascantino, the big league level. You've got Santana. Um, you got Salvador Perez, who DH some last year, had more appearances, I think, than any other catcher last year. Um, and then you've got Santana and MJ Melendez, the next guy on this list, just got got called up from AAA to the big leagues. And so I kind of want to address something real quick. I've seen some people talking about, well, you have two first base prospects. You need to trade one of these guys. I'm not opposed to the concept of trading from your prospect depth to improve your major league ball club. I mean, we saw Atlanta trade from their prospect depth last year, go out and get a bunch of out, remake their outfield on the fly and win the dang World Series. I'm not saying you're going to do that, but I'm not opposed to the concept of improving your big league ball club. (laughs) 